Hot take. The uh, Traveler was a groomer. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Star Trek Generations. I, of course, am your host, Jack Tracy. And today we have reached the first rewatchable season one TNG episode where no man has gone before. It is an important episode because it begins the overarching Wesley arc, which is concluded, of course, in Journey's End in season seven and referenced in the end of Picard season two. But I like to forget about that kind of stuff. Um... We get uh, the first appearance of Argyle, having apparently replaced McDougal as chief engineer. He won't stick around long, but of all of the chief engineers in season one, to me, he's the most memorable. Um, that seems to be about it. We also get another starship. We get to see the Fearless, which is nice. Uh, seems to be a reused shot of some nature. I can't really place where it's from. We see that shot a lot. I believe it's the crazy horse at one point. Um, that shot's a lot of things. But it was nice to see the Enterprise next to another ship. Um, so before I get into my... I am, of course, flying solo today. Uh, do not have a co-host with me today. So we'll keep this a, a bit brief. Um... I don't really need to summarize the episode for you, because if you're listening to a podcast like this, you certainly have seen it. But just to refresh everybody, we've got Kaczynski and a mysterious um, companion that we now know as the Traveler coming to do warp upgrades, engine upgrades on the Enterprise. Kaczynski's a dick. Riker and Argyle think he's gobbledygook nonsense. Ends up sending them... Uh, so far away, hundreds of, th I, did, I don't remember the number, hundreds of thousands of light years away, they're in another galaxy, they're gone, 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 and it's an accident, we find out it was actually done by the Traveler, who is developing an extremely creepy relationship with Wesley at this point, gross, and um, then they get sent even further when they try to go home, Traveler gets weak, and they're now in a place where thought and reality are one, and so eventually, in a very Peter Pan, clap your hands if you believe in fairies moment, the entire crew wishes the Traveler well so that he can get them all home. And we get a very important conversation between the Traveler and Captain Picard as to Wesley being the Mozart of time, space, and propulsion, and that he should be encouraged, which makes Wesley an acting ensign by the end of the episode. So before we dig in any further, I, of course, have to take care of some uh, housekeeping stuff. First off, shout out to the Patreon subscribers. You can support me uh, if you like what I'm doing. If you'd like to see more content like this, it's very helpful to have some support in doing so. And as my reward to you in supporting, you get these videos early. You get exclusive videos. You get other videos from the Observation Lounge Network uh, early you get all sorts of goodies. So uh, if you like my videos, consider, uh, and my content, consider going over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash theobservationlounge, and signing up. Other ways you can help support me, of course, is by subscribing to this podcast. You're listening to it, so obviously you like it. Uh, so just make sure you're subscribed, Star Trek Zhuzurations, Z-H-U-Z-H-Urations. 
And if you can, it would be really helpful if you dropped me a five-star review and a comment. That kind of engagement helps push the podcast to other people as suggestions. And then we can grow and then we can get bigger and then maybe we can get special guests on here from the productions. That'd be nice, but got to grow first. So if you can help me out with that, very appreciated. If you are currently watching me, you have been redirected to the new YouTube content hub for all things Observation Lounge, of which this podcast is one. So you can go to the YouTube link in the description of either the podcast or this video and make sure you're subscribed. You can uh, leave a comment or a like on any of the videos. There's lots of stuff. There's my wish list for legacy, um, my account of being um, at the Strange New Worlds New York City premiere of season two got a video on that and then you know what i play with some of these action figures i've got and uh, make funny videos so you can see those as well actually i have an upcoming one with argyle and mcdougall my custom figures which you can get at necessaryoutlet.etsy.com that is where i make custom figures for you i think that's all the housekeeping i do a lot sorry I'll try to keep this uh, this stuff brief in the beginning so we can actually dig in. And again, if you are watching me, you are currently seeing me wearing the Medical Science Division leather jacket, faux leather, it's not real leather, faux leather jacket from Hero Within from Star Trek Picard Season 3 with my Star Trek Picard uh, gold, so the end of the season, com badge from Fansets. And I'm ready to take this on the road with me to Star Trek Las Vegas, creation... Uh, uh, convention. Uh, and if you are there, make sure you message me on any of the socials. Ah, a plug I didn't do. OBS Lounge ST. OBS, OBS for observation. Lounge ST for Star Trek on Instagram and Twitter. Let me know you're there. I'd love to meet you. Okay, now I promise I'm done with housekeeping. So we get uh, the Traveler. We get um, Kaczynski being a dick, which makes him memorable. To me, it's a bit too much. We get the first appearance of Argyle, as I've mentioned. Uh, the women have very little to do. Uh, Troy is underutilized. Beverly is not only underutilized, especially since she's Wesley's mother, uh, and this being a Wesley episode, but also, if you notice, a lot of the camera angles for her scenes, whenever she has a line of dialogue, or most times she has a line of dialogue, her face isn't on camera. It's shot from behind her. Like, she's kind of cut out of the episode in a way. Uh, Yar has a little vignette, again, about the fact that she had to run from rape gangs because season one cannot not talk about that Tasha constantly was afraid of being raped. It feels weird. It feels icky. It feels like a fascination of the uh, writers. And I think they think it's hot. It's weird. It's creepy. And I don't like it. Cat's nice. Cat's, you know what would have been nice? Since Yar was on the bridge and had that cat and Data probably would have saw it, it'd be nice if you could connect the inspiration of that, of him to get a cat to be his conversations with Yar about her cat, considering the fact that Spot looks kind of similar to the cat that they use. That could have been the cute thing. Um, the other thing I, I remembered about this episode and rewatching it, you know, for the sixth seventh eighth time um for this for this podcast wesley is treated like a real asshole and um Riker and picard i don't think come off well with the way that they the boy and yada yada like 
fine if Picard doesn't like children, fine if he's in areas he's not supposed to be, fine if he's nosy, fine if he's annoying, but the way that they talk to him is just too much. It's it's cartoony, it's it's it just doesn't I don't think it makes Picard and Riker look very well. And quite frankly, Picard continues to talk to Riker almost the same way. Since you've got a problem with Kaczynski, why don't you go down to the transporter room? Well, I'm going to take Troy. Oh, very good. Aren't you good, Riker, thinking to take Troy? You deserve a cookie. That's kind of how Riker is is spoken to by Picard, especially a a lot in Encounter at Farpoint. And in this episode, too. It's just weird. I'm just... It takes a while for for the, the characters to find their relationships and how they talk and how they talk to each other. And it's just the beginning of this. It's just so cringe but overall the episode is very star trek the hallucinations um the the overlapping of space and time um and thought is a very star trek thing um the mysterious alien uh is a very star trek thing i i i like a lot about this episode which is why i think it's it's the first rewatchable one uh, big question, if they travel past Warp 10, why aren't they salamanders? Right? They should have all turned into salamanders. We learned that in Threshold, right? <sighs> Yet again, continuity canon. Anyway. Um, obviously, between this and Threshold, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this uh, with its treatment of Warp 10. All right, so let's go through who has the con and um, who's going to the brig, or what, as these can be sort of concepts, before we get into my zhuzh of the episode, which, compared to the other episodes thus far, this being our fifth, um, gets the least zhuzh. So, um, who has the con? Argyle. I like him. I would have liked if he was consistent throughout all of of season one obviously we want Jordy to become chief engineer but it would be nice if he could have been like a carry role on voyager and show up every now and then um i mean carry didn't show up enough either but yeah i i liked argyle i thought he was a good guy um he's kind of our pre-o'brien o'brien in a way he gives me o'brien vibes uh so i like him uh, also, the con, the general story about Wesley being special, giving him a reason to become more active on the ship rather than just being the genius kid running around. Um, the conversation with Picard, though I do have a zhuzh to that. Um, I generally like all of that. And then as I've already, already mentioned, the hallucinations. They're very Star Trek. Thought, space, and reality. Um, could have been used more broadly to learn more about the crew. You know, we get a window into Picard that actually isn't even taken up, the stuff with his mother, until season two. And honestly, the season two stuff just has a very quick, hand-wavy thing to this episode. It's not a continuation of this episode. It's like, oh yeah, I used to imagine my mom serving me tea. I used to think that. Here's a story about her where she killed herself when she was young, um, which I hated. But... Um, yeah, we could have gotten more into Picard's psyche. Apparently in an early draft of the script or concept of the script, Jack Crusher was going to show up and have interactions with Beverly Wesley and Picard. And I think that would have been incredible. In fact, I'm thinking of it now. I'm putting that back in. That would have been cool to see. Um, a good moment between the four of them. Um, I don't like... Um, 
oh, okay, so I'm doing things I do like. You know, we get Worf's childhood pet. We get, a, we get an insight into Tasha. We could have done more. We could have done more insight into the crew, especially since we're only on our fifth episode. Let's learn more about these people and do it through what their mind conjures. Um, right. So who's going to the break? Jordy, Jordy gives creepy vibes and how he consoles Tasha, especially following Naked Now. I think he's got a boner for Tasha, and it's weird. Well, I don't like it. He just gave me creepy vibes. Um, also going to the brig, the concept of don't tell the mother. The mother. Don't tell Beverly. Like, as Gates McFadden has talked about a lot, uh, especially recently on podcasts and such, she had a big problem and, and spoke openly with producers and writers, which is probably why she got canned, about how, look, why don't I have anything to do with my own son? His mentors and the people he talks to are always the the men. I'm his mother, and you think if he's this special genius, I maybe have something to do with it? And apparently the, the writers at the time were like, a woman having something to do with it? Absolutely not. Of course not. You're just the lady doctor. Unfortunate. So I would have liked Beverly to have been clued into this. And you'll see it in my zhuzh how, how I'd like to do it. Um, also to the brig, the very concept of Krasinski and the Traveler, how they're introduced. It makes Starfleet real stupid to allow someone to do tests that have good results, but can't be deciphered in any way by anybody. But what I would think you would not let them on the ship, tinkering with the ship, unless they knew. Also, they come off, uh, Kaczynski comes off as an obvious fraud. And and Riker and Argyle and Wesley spot it. Like, they all, he's obviously a fraud and let to do this anyway. I know there's a throwaway line like, well, whatever he's saying is going to do, it's obviously not going to do anything and it's not going to hurt us, so just let him. Um, but the fact that he was able to get aboard a starship. Also, it doesn't make sense if the, if the upgrades actually worked on the other ships and more consistently like not just when the traveler was there but worked worked um now they do have a line i noticed about how you know they theorize these are older ships they could have just they could have just improved them you know just because they're old they could have just found improvements and this and that and made slight adjustments so maybe that's it maybe that's how the other stuff stuck um but the the, the enterprise stuff was different because the traveler was kind of he, I, they had the way they have it and i'm gonna judge this the way they have it is like traveler got distracted by the wesley stuff and it was an oopsie daisy i'm gonna turn it into something a little more intentional um stop calling him the boy that gets the brig I, Riker just comes off as a dick um and again i also mentioned picard treats Riker like a moron and that gets the brig but the Briggs, the, the, the Briggs are not overly offensive here. They're not absolutely terrible. Because this is a rewatchable episode. I do not mind this episode. All right. So if I don't mind this episode, what are my zhuzhs going to be? My zhuzhs are going to take something that I think was good and I think elevate it to a much more, um, just a much more fix the inconsistencies and the things that don't make sense and the things that make people look dumb. There's a lot of stuff in here that just makes our main characters look stupid. I don't like it. Um, so I want to start by in by a scene showing the relationship between Wesley and Beverly, which we didn't really get yet and don't really get much of. 
uh, other than him on Farpoint telling Riker that his mom's a cold bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to get over that, guys. I'm going to keep talking about that. Um, so here's how I have it. Wesley is bummed, and he's talking to his mom about the fact that he submitted this paper or project for some big prize for kids, and it was about his theories on, like, warp and propulsion and and you know, metaphysics and thought and reality. It was like this, like, crazy idea, whatever, and he didn't get a prize. Um, and Beverly actually kind of admits she's kind of happy he didn't win, and he's like, what do you mean you're happy I didn't win? And Beverly's like, look, you're, you always get the A. You're always the smartest kid. You get an A plus in everything. Like, I don't want you becoming arrogant. I don't want you becoming, you know, a jerk. Um, so, so... It's kind of nice, you know, this is kind of a lesson in humility. I'm sorry, honey, you didn't get the prize, but you're not always going to be the best. So yeah, I actually think it's good for you. And then maybe you can have a little playful like, oh, well, what about when you didn't win that medical thing on blah, blah, blah? And she's like, go to your room. <laughs> you know, it's just, we could play some comedy there. We could see like the relationship between two and them, but importantly, introduce this concept of like how, you know, smart and special and advanced Wesley is and humility and arrogance and that kind of thing. Okay. So we get the rendezvous with the fearless and a warp field scientist has been assigned to update the fleet and he's been touring the fleet. Um, this is the traveler. We don't get Kaczynski. I don't think he adds anything to this episode other than some beef with Riker. And so what we're going to do is we're going to make the traveler kind of a dick and a bit salty. And, you know, Riker and Argyle can kind of be like, you know, this ship is brand new. I don't know what you're going to do here. And he's like, well, I, you know, I've been on ships far more advanced than this in my travels. I've been, you know, we can establish him as like a long-lived species and just make him an arrogant prick to them. And then we can find out it's just to keep them off his trail and like away from him so he can do what he's actually there to do. So, um... He's in engineering, he's doing what he's doing, and he bumps into Wesley, who is the reason he's there, unbeknownst to us at the time. And he is, um, he's talking to Wesley, he's making some mistakes over, you know, where Wesley is observing so that Wesley can, like, chime in and be like, don't you want the warp field to do this? And, well, why are you doing it this way? Shouldn't it be like this? Kind of similar to the way it's done in the episode. And the driver like, yeah, no, that that's actually really good. And what do you think about this? And it, similar to the episode, because I really liked that. Him just sort of investigating Wesley's like knowledge and brain and this and that. And I want him to somehow bring up or find out about the paper. Maybe even letting the cat out of the bag that like, you know, I have to say, Wesley, I read your paper and it was really quite good. And it's like, you read my paper? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of been passed around. And well, I didn't win anything for it. And it's like, well, sometimes, you know... Um, you know, people can have very dangerous ideas and very, you know, you can keep fragments of like their conversation about thought and time and this and that. And you get the sense, that you start to get the sense that the Traveler is here for Wesley for some purpose, not grooming him. Um, please, it's a joke, guys. Please don't at me. Um, so... The, the, the general plot works as the general plot works. So uh, the Enterprise is sent out and beyond Warp 10, all of that, Traveler loses consciousness. Wesley is suspicious. Um, 
They can't understand what sent them. They don't understand what the Traveler did. Nothing in the computer logs makes sense that would send them out that far. Wesley was the only person that was like over the Traveler's shoulder in engineering. And he's trying to remember what he saw and what he did. And he thinks he has a pretty good understanding, but it doesn't make sense to him that it worked. And he thinks that, you know, but he does note that the Traveler seemed to be kind of phasing. And I want the adults to believe him. I don't want them to think he's an idiot. And so they hypothesize because he's lost consciousness, maybe it's some sort of illness because Beverly can't read his physiology. And while he was doing it, he had an illness and he, you know, entered some wrong calculations or did something wrong. But they, it's all theories. They don't really understand what's happened. But Wesley's the best chance of recreating what happened because he's, he's going to tell the engineers what he remembers seeing. And it doesn't make him save the ship. Or like, you know, the person, but like he's helping because he saw so much and he was just standing there so he knows. And has an understanding of warp theory. So he's helping Argyle Engineering kind of recreate what they did. They do it. They get to the hallucination place. It does not work. Okay. All that hallucination stuff. Add a Jack Crusher, Beverly Crusher moment. Picard, Jack Crusher, Beverly Crusher moment because that's rich storytelling and is also about the Crushers. Okay. Um, you get a report from Crusher that the Traveler has vanished after that last jump. He's completely vanished. So the things get really bad with the hallucinations. They don't know what to do. And finally, Wesley just has this inkling. He is because the Traveler mentioned his paper and what he was saying. And he's like, well, we're in a place where thoughts manifest. Do you think if we all work together, we could manifest our return from thought alone. And it's a wild idea, but things are getting so bad, they're like, we might as well try. And they do it, and they get home. So we get a captain's log. They have no idea what this was. The traveler, you know, uh, he, they just refer to him as he, he was a traveler so that we get the name of the traveler. Um, or it comes up in this next scene, this final scene. So the final scene, so they make this log. They don't know what happened. They're reporting it to Starfleet. Um, they're investigating the associates of this warp field specialist and the changes he made on other ships just to make sure that doesn't happen again. It's going to be a big investigation. They don't quite understand what happened to them. Beverly goes to the ready room to report on, you know, what she was able to learn about the Traveler's physiology, which is not much. And she's just there kind of doing a regular report to the captain and the Traveler shows up. He explains to the two of them who he is, that another one of his his own saw the report, the, the paper that Wesley did because he was on the warp field, you know, paper committee. Because they're looking for people, for humans, that are starting to understand things in this way. And once Wesley was identified, the Traveler was dispatched to see if he had the other component, which is... Humans are starting to physiology, their physiology is starting to evolve to the next stage of their evolution. And when it happens, it's a matter of understanding and being able to use thought to create reality. And it's a scary thing and it's a dangerous thing. And the only people who are going to be able to start doing it are people who both are so, you know, intelligent, you know, geniuses basically that understand the underlying theory and have the underlying physio physiological changes. So he identified that Wesley has the genius, but does he have the potential of the ability? And so sending them to that space 
where they were, which would sort of help usher it along, they didn't all get them home. Wesley got them home because Wesley is going to be able to do this. So he tells them this, but tells them, you know, nurture him, nurture his, you know, he is going to be destined for great things. You should nurture him. You should let him learn. You should encourage him, but you should not tell him because who knows what knowledge of that kind of advancement would do to a young mind. And that can tie back to the hubris, humility kind of conversation he had with Beverly earlier about him being special and also smart and yada yada. And um, yeah, that basically he's could be the next stage of human evolution. And so keep an eye on him and encourage him. And that way we can get the acting ensign, you know, we can have Beverly far more involved in the destiny of her son, right? We can have, you know, Picard start to take an interest. Um, yeah. So I think that's it. I think that's all I have here. Oh, and Picard can be upset that, like, you did all this to test a child. We could have all, who knows what those, that reality would have done. And the Traveler shows you, look, I disappeared myself. I secreted myself away so that this could play out and I could watch. I would never let anything happen to the ship. It was always within my control. I could have sent you back at any time and was planning to if it didn't all work out. No harm would have come, I promise you. And um, I will return one day to check on his progress. So I think that doesn't change canon. I think it makes um, the episode a little more cohesive. I think it gets rid of some of the absurd moments, and it also gets rid of some of the bad characterization, you know, stuff. Um, it explains Wesley a little more, explains the Traveler a little more, and it doesn't make Starfleet stupid for letting someone make these, like, unexplainable changes to the warp engines. All right, what do you think of my zhuzh? Drop it in the comments, and especially leave me that that rating. Uh, dropping in the comments uh, on YouTube. You can share the video. You can like it. You can certainly hit subscribe. You can like it, you know, five-star the, the podcast, wherever you're listening to podcasts. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed. Talk to me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on there all the time. We can have a chat. Uh, I'm at... OBS Lounge ST, OBS OBS for observation, Lounge ST for Star Trek. And um, if you want an Argyle figure or a season one Beverly or a season one Troy or a season one Wesley or a season one Traveler, lots and lots and lots and lots of custom Etsy figure, uh, custom figures at the Etsy shop at necessaryoutlet.etsy.com. And until next week, get the hell off my bridge.